Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Parents Panel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I will be your host. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about what it's like to travel with teens. We haven't covered that angle yet, so we hope you guys get some good information out of it. I'm looking forward to it. We are joined this week by our panel of experts, Dreams Unlimited Travel agent and co-host of the DCL show, Elaine Edwards. Hi, friends. And Dreams Unlimited Travel agent, Lacey Post. Hi, everybody. And of course, our pro producer, Craig Williams. Oh, hi, hi. Well, thank you guys for being here and joining me for this conversation. Thank you, everybody at home, for tuning in and listening and watching. Um, I'm very interested in this conversation. We've not really done this yet. I don't know that we've fleshed out this topic for, for sure, traveling with teens. Um, before we get going, I want to remind folks that if you're enjoying our content um, and would like to use Dreams Unlimited Travel to book your trip, you'll see underneath all of our names, our email addresses. You can reach out to us directly, or you can write to me, John at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com, and I will get you to one of our agents. I'd also like to remind you to please subscribe to our podcast so you don't move you. Ah, ha, ha, so you don't miss. I don't know what that word was supposed to be. So you don't miss any future episodes. All right. We're going to get started here. First of all, Elaine, you have been on our show before. So um, I don't want to worry about doing a big introduction. Folks who um, might have missed you and what you and your family and all that can go back to. Uh, previous show and review that. But why don't you remind everybody about your kids and their ages? Yes. So it is myself plus my three boys. They are 21, almost 22, um, 15, and 12. Excellent. All right. So we're going to ignore the two older ones. We're just (laughs) going to talk about the teens today. Um. And then we have Lacey Post. Lacey, this is your first time on our show. What we like to do is we want to make sure we introduce you to our listeners and our viewers. So give us a little bit about you, your uh, family dynamic. Tell us about your Disney experience and um, things you specifically like about Disney. Okay, so my name is Lacey Post, and I live in Georgia with my husband, Jason, and our two teenage boys. Avery just turned 18 last month. And Eli is 15, which is crazy to think about. Um, I don't remember my first trip to Walt Disney World. My grandparents took me when I was four years old with my cousin, Christy. Um, But when my grandfather passed away several years ago, we found the pictures from that trip. And they are very special to me. And I scan them in the computer and they pop up a lot on our Google Home. I love seeing them. So even if your kids are younger, go ahead and take them to Disney World and just take lots of pictures. They will appreciate them one day. Um, but the next time I went, I vividly remember because I remember being on Space Mountain with my dad and I was crying my eyes out while he was laughing hysterically behind me. <laughs> but I do love Space Mountain today. I wouldn't go to Walt Disney World and not ride it. Um, after Jason and I got married, we started going to Walt Disney World. We went for his birthday. And then when the kids were little, we started taking them when Avery was four and Eli was two. We celebrated his birthday there at Chef Mickey's and they've been going a about every year since they love Walt Disney World and Universal. So we're in Orlando a lot. They could be travel agents themselves. They know a lot about the parks. It was your husband a Disney fan before you met or were you one of these uh, folks who converted him and made him into a Disney fan? Oh no, he loves it just as much as me. 
All right. Sounds good. So we're going to get going here. Now, again, as I mentioned, we haven't covered the aspect or the angle of cover of traveling with teens. So this interests me uh, very much. And what I envision, because I have no idea, I don't know what I'm talking about, is that it must be a very different experience to try to trip plan for younger kids versus teenagers. So what I would really like to do is, um, starting off with Elaine, tell us a little bit about how your trip planning experience has changed with having teens versus young ones. So the big thing that really sticks out to me is that, you know, when you have young kids, you do all of the planning and you decide everything and they just go along with the program because they have no other choice. The thing about teens and as your kids get older is that they have their own opinions and they are not afraid to tell you those opinions. So it really becomes a completely different dynamic because what you have in your head, as far as this is what I want my trip to look like, they may have something completely different in their head. They may not even, you know, as they get older, they may not even want to go to Disney World because they may not be their thing anymore. They may want to start going to Universal or go on a cruise or start exploring other places, move into ABD adventures, that kind of thing. So it's really important to involve your kids in the planning as far as so that you can make a good trip that everybody will enjoy. So when I'm planning a trip with my kids, I'll usually present a couple of different hotels to them and I'll let them choose what hotel we're going to stay at. Um, and then as we continue with the planning, like if we're going to Disney world, I'll let them pick which parks, we want to go to more than once, or if we want to skip a park, then they can do that. As we get in a little bit deeper, I let them choose, you know, specifically at each park. I'll tell them, tell me two rides that you for sure want to do. And so that we make sure that we hit those ones. And that is our list. That is what we do. I concentrate on my trips on what they want to do um, so that it's a great trip for them. Do you start even before the the actual, like, what hotel or what rides? Do you start with them with, listen, this year, what should we do? Should we go to Universal? Should we try something else? Or have you already made up your mind financially or whatever it is you've decided, this is a Walt Disney World year. Now give me your input. For the most part, I do. Um, just because I do at this point, I know what they like. I know that at this point, my kids still do like going to Disney World. Um, and they want to go to Disneyland. They haven't been there yet. Um, so I, I know the things that my kids like at this point, but a lot of times I will bring that into their opinion, especially if I'm looking at doing something different. Um, when I was planning my first, uh, universal trip where I was taking my kids, then I did that all on my own, even though I knew that it was going to be something that they would enjoy. And I just said, Hey, would you guys like to go to Universal this year? And they said, yeah. And I said, okay, we're going to go next week. So that was a surprise. I do kind of bring them in. I usually have the destination picked out, but I do bring them in on things going forward after the destination's picked. Would they ever say no? Would you ever say, hey, you guys want to go to Universal? No, we'd rather go back so, to school. The only thing that they say no to, and this is even a completely different topic is scheduling because I have, you know, when your kids are younger, it's 
easy to take. They may not be in school yet. You can take them year round. Uh, even when they're in grade school, it's easy to pull them out of school for the most part. But once they get into high school and college, it is pretty much impossible to pull them out of school. And I have uh, my middle one is very, very, very stingent on not missing school. And so when we were planning a trip, it was a very last minute trip last year during an October. And he, I said, we're going to um, go down for this trip. And he was very much adamant that he didn't want to go um, because he didn't want to miss school. So. Wow. wow that's incredible. He, he holds his GPA very seriously. So he did not want to deal with missing assignments and work and all that. Admirable. Lacey, how about with your kids? How has the trip planning changed from once when they were younger and now that they're teens? And then specifically, are you, are you sort of doing the day to day planning with them? Or are you just being more like, is this, what do you want to do? And then you work it in. Okay, so I completely agree with Elaine. Once they get older, they are very opinionated <laughs> and they will tell you what they like and they don't like. Um, so, yes, we do include them on the planning. You know, they don't have the final say, but they do get to tell us their preferences. Usually they're okay with what whatever hotel we pick, but we they really have the opinions about what restaurants we eat at. So usually I'll sit down and let everybody pick one restaurant and make sure that we incorporate that into our plans. And like this past September, we did a big family trip with my sister and she also has two boys. So, you know, everyone got to pick one restaurant and then every day we'd go into the park. Like Elaine said, she did, you know, we would say, what do you want to do in this park? And we made sure that we got to, we got to what everybody most wanted to do. So, which could be a challenge when you've got a lot, but they do appreciate that. And it's, it's better than hearing them complain the whole time because they can ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ruin my trip. Yes. Let me let, let me ask a little bit about sort of the the financials of it. Do your kids? I'll start with Lacey. Do your kids understand the cost of a Disney trip and the cost of all the things included in it? Are they are they aware of that yet at those ages? Yes, mine are. They definitely understand. And sometimes you know they'll look at a menu and they'll say, "Well, I would get that steak, but it's forty dollars." You know, so they. They understand. They're usually really good about that. But at the same time, they like, you know, they're teenage boys, so they eat all the time. So they're constantly wanting snacks and three meals, sometimes four meals. So our food budget has definitely went up over the years. That's for sure. Mine, too. (laughs) Um, Elaine, how about your boys? Your boys get I mean, I imagine the older ones probably do understand sort of the financial aspect of it. But is that anything that's sort of their consideration or is that just your consideration? I think that they definitely are thinking about it um, because a lot of times if I'm presenting the hotels, there may be one that is a value and one that is a moderate. And I'll say, okay, if we choose the moderate, then we might be giving up this thing because the moderate costs more. there's a lot during the year that we do to save up for our vacations. And I'm very verbal about that. If the kids say, Oh, you know, we want to go do this thing. And I can say, well, you know, that's going to cost us a hundred dollars to do that activity. Do you want to do that? Or do we want to save that money for our vacation? Um, I, 
my kids are so sweet. They will, they will bring me money from their wallet and say, do you want to use this for the vacation? So it's like, no, please keep your money. I'll pay for it. I promise. But do understand that. And they have their own money that they bring to spend on the trip. And they're very cognizant about very carefully picking what they want to spend their money on um, because they do know that it is limited. That's, limited funds. And so we, we are very, they, they do think about that. And one time um, we were sitting in a table service restaurant and my kids literally said, like, why are we here? This, this is way too much money. Like we should not have even come here. And so I think they do think about that a lot. Wow. Um, it's interesting because I just was uh, reading an article about how um, it was very one-sided. It was very jaded, but it was kind of like Disney prepares kids for life, believe it or not, that it teaches them valuable life lessons like socializing and patience and things like that. Do you think Disney, Elaine, do you think Disney has taught your kids the value of um, financially choosing what is important to them? Like I'd rather spend my money on this and that. That's what it sounds like to me. Yes, I think so specifically in kind of what I was saying, choosing something else over a vacation or choosing a vacation over something else. You know, we put a lot of our yearly funds and budgets towards vacationing um, rather than, you know, buying new furniture or going to the movies every weekend or something like that. But the kids are in on that. And so they know that this is why we do this. And if they didn't want to do that and they'd say, well, no, we'd rather not go on a vacation this year and we'd rather do these other things, then we would do that. So I do think that financial skills, socializing, um, all of those things, I, I do believe that it really does. As long as you're involving your kids in that, they can really learn a lot. Yeah, I think it's true. I, I really believe that. And I think it also, uh, there's a lot to do with um, introducing them to other cultures. You know, I mean, I know it's not uh, exactly immersive in another culture, but things like going to Epcot and meeting uh, people from different countries and things like that. I think all of that is good for kids in general. Now, one of the big questions that um, people ask a lot and we get a lot is when is it, uh, when does a kid outgrow Disney? Is there a point in their lives where they don't want to go anymore? Or is there like this kind of donut hole where it's like, I really want to go. And then at 13, they decide not to. Lacey, did you find that with your kids at all? My boys still really like Walt Disney World, but I will say they they like Universal better right now. I think it's just the stage that they're in. So we go to Universal probably more right now than Disney, but we still go to Disney a good bit too. Are you doing split days between the two to make everybody happy? Or is it a this year is universal or, or this, this particular trip is just Disney? We've done both. Usually we'll just stay at universal and then go over to Disney for the day, but we have done a split stay before as well. What hotels do they like better? Do they like the universal hotels better? Or do they like the Disney hotels better? <laughs> they like the universal hotels better. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a common thing that we hear that that sort of that teen tween area, you know, especially boys 
boys like the thrill rides. They like the excitement of it. There's more IPs that are geared towards boys. So, um, you know, that's not uncommon for us to hear. So what about, what are the challenges you guys see when you travel with your teens? Uh, I assume they were different challenges than when they were younger, but what are some of the, the big challenges you get? Lacey, I'll start with you on that one. Mine would be just trying to get them to relax a little bit because they always want to be on the move, on the go. So if you want a relaxing vacation, you probably don't want to go with them. <laughs> they just kind of run through the parks from attraction to attraction. They, they're not into shows, unfortunately. I don't, I'm hoping that's just the stage that they're in because a lot of times we'll have to split up and Jason and I'll go watch the show while they go do something else. And that may just be boys because I have one of my best friends. She has teenage girls and they love the shows, but I can't get mine to sit down for a show. They just want to keep running from attraction to attraction. And they don't like standing in line either. So we're always watching the wait times. Do you find that it's uh, better for them a universal vacation? Is it easier for them to get to the parks and do the things they want to do versus a Disney vacation? Yes, because, you know, they can just jump on the ferry boat and then be at either park or city walk. Um, and then sometimes we'll let them go ahead of us or, you know, and then catch up with them later. Or they can go back a little early. Like it, it was funny because we went to Halloween Horror Nights for the first time with them. But they had they had been my husband had been with them, but I had never been. And we wanted to stay and watch the show and they didn't. So we just let them go back on the ferry boat back to the hotel and we stayed and, and did the show. So that was kind of nice. And they're at the age that we could trust them to do that. And at Disney, it would have been more complicated getting, you know, them getting back to the room. How'd you like Halloween Horror Nights? Was that your thing? <laughs> I don't think it's my thing, but I'm glad <laughs> that I experienced it at least once. Did you do the haunted houses? Did you walk in the haunted houses or did you just sort of take in the atmosphere? I did three of them. The lines were long and we couldn't afford express, but I did do three of the houses. And the one I picked was the scariest, which was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Elaine, same question to you. What are the challenges you're finding now versus when they were younger? You know, obviously, when they were younger, you know, you just made them do whatever you wanted them to do. But, you know, what are specific challenges you're finding with your kids now? Well, first of all, um, I'm going to commend Lacey because I have not done Halloween Horror Nights because I don't think I can handle that. And so you are much braver than I am. <laughs> so um, talking about challenges, our biggest one for our family is the hotel. Um, and it's specifically bedding configurations because you're talking about myself plus three boys that are all taller than me. Um, two of them are six foot and one of them is closing in on six foot. And so none of them want to sleep with mom and none of them want to share with each other. So what happens then? I have to find some place with four beds. That is a crazy expense. Um, or is it two rooms or what is it? Usually what ends up happening is I, we really, really, really like at Disney World, the art of animation family suites, because at least there you have three beds, um, plus two bathrooms. And usually my oldest even likes to sleep in the chair there. And so everybody has their own space. 
So that we really, really like that. Um, if we're not going there, then I will always try to find us a hotel room that has three beds so that it at least has um, at Disney World, it'll have the two queen beds, plus it'll have either a sofa sleeper or one of the like fold down beds, something like that, which that's a lot harder at Universal because their rooms, unless you're getting into the family suites um, over at Cabana Bay or at in the summer, all of the other rooms, they are two queen beds or one king and that's it. And so it's, it's for us, that is a lot harder. Um, just that bedding situation. Usually, like I said, we'll get one with three and then we usually are playing some kind of rotation throughout the entire stay. So some nights you get a bed to yourself and some nights you're sharing with somebody else because we're just rotating each night. So it's what, what night, do, what night does the kid have to sleep in the hallway? Yeah. <laughs> Go Hello. sleep in the lobby. What is what would be the point where you would think, okay, now it's time to get two rooms? I mean, um, with the five of you traveling together, so that's that's a big consideration even now. And as them getting older, will there be a point where you say to yourself, "Listen, we're just gonna get two rooms." So there's only four of us. It's me and three boys. Um, oh. And so, oh, what happened to the fourth kid? I didn't have four kids. I've only. Oh, do you know something I don't know, John? <laughs> no, I don't. That's my that's my advanced math. Go ahead. Sorry about that. <laughs> so uh, honestly, I think we're probably getting close um, to that because, like I said, my oldest it will be twenty two. He has a girlfriend that he's been with for about three years. So at some point, she's going to be probably pretty soon. She's going to be coming on vacation with us. So I probably within the next year, we're going to have to start doing two rooms because it's, it's just kind of getting to be a little too much. But again, that means it's a completely different budget and we may have to cut other things or do a shorter trip, that kind of thing. When you're talking about having to then double your hotel cost. Yeah, exactly. I, I was going to touch on that too. I was saying your kids are getting to the point where they're probably going to have uh significant others who want to join. What about friends? Have, have you ever had a the thing where they want to bring friends along? We haven't specifically done that where we have bought, brought friends along yet. Um, we do have another family that we have many times talked about going with them. Um, and so we would be traveling together and probably what would happen, it's another single mom and her two kids. Probably me and her would share a room and then we'd throw all of the kids in another room together um but yeah if we were to bring friends if we started doing that then it would definitely be multiple rooms um just i think that's proper in my opinion um i think that's the proper thing to do rather than myself sharing with another person's yeah. child so. yeah put all the stinky teenagers in one room yeah. <laughs> Keep the clean room to yourself. Lacey, what about your family and consideration of bedding and number of rooms? I think at this point, right, you guys can probably all live together in one room, but does does that come into play for you at all? A little bit. So they really don't like sleeping together, but they know it's usually not an option. Sometimes at Cabana Bay, we'll have separate beds for them, but that's the only place so far. They've had to share a bed every other time. 
So they complain and I think they punch each other during the night, but they get, <laughs> they get through it. <laughs> um, what about like a roll away? Would you get them a roll away for one of them or something like that? I haven't considered that. We might need to try that. So um, one of the things I'd like to know is what of the things we've, we've covered, we've covered quite a few things, but what have I left out? Like what would you really like people to know about what it's like now to travel with teens, um, either specifically uh, um, comparing it to traveling with younger kids or just in general, you know, maybe some tips or tricks. Um, Lacey, I'll start with you. Tips or tricks that you think you want people to know or specifically, listen, keep this in mind or do this or that. Well, first of all, I'm really glad that we can take family vacations because as they get older, you see them a lot less. I mean, my boys are in sports. They actually have little part-time jobs. They have friends and my oldest has a girlfriend. So they're on the go a lot and we don't have a lot of family time anymore. So I love getting them away from home because they're kind of forced to hang out with us. <laughs> um, so that's that's just a special time for us to get away with them, you know, get away somewhere else with them away from home and everything that they have going on here. But um, I would just make sure you include them in the planning and try to do things that they're interested in, too. Um, I love history. So a lot of times when I go on vacations, I'm trying to kind of sneak in a museum here or there. And that's not really their thing, but they will do it a little bit. But I just try to be very mindful of things that they want to do and try to incorporate those as much as possible. Excellent. And Elaine, what about you? You had tips and tricks or something we didn't cover, something you want folks to know about traveling with teens? I think the biggest thing for me is basically pick your battles because sometimes it gets to the point that you just have to give up when they are so strong-willed on something. Um, for example, my middle child is very specific about clothing that when he is at home, he is usually wearing hoodies and like Adidas track pants year round. So, when we are planning to go to Florida, specifically in July, that becomes a very, very, very big issue because, I mean, I'm sitting there in a tank top sweating. I cannot imagine looking at him in a hoodie and sweatpants, but that is what he wants to wear. And a year or two ago, I could kind of do a little bit of bargaining with him, um, but in the last year, I just, I've given it up. I've, if, if that's what he wants to wear, fine, then that's what he can wear. And if he chooses to take that layer off and just be in the t-shirt, then great. But the, he, that's what he does. So we have pictures in July and he's wearing a hoodie and sweatpants because I've given up on that battle <laughs> and it makes him. So it's, it's stuff like that. You know, a lot, my kids have gotten to the point that even when we go to Disney World, they don't really care for eating in table service restaurants. And it used to be that we would eat at a table service restaurant every single night, sometimes multiple times a day. And now they are a lot happier with just the quick service places. So I have given up on table service restaurants when I travel with my kids to Disney World because it's not what they want to do and they're not happy about it. So. You know, it sounds like planning for with anybody, right? You got to make sure that you're doing something for everybody. Make sure that everybody's heard and, you're, you know, you're you're taking care of their needs. But also, you know, 
don't force somebody to do something they don't want to do because it's it's not mm-hmm. going to work out for them. And one more question. I wrote this down. I forgot to ask it during the course of the show. I want to talk a little bit about technology, right? Um, there's a lot of folks out there, older folks like me, who, um, while we are okay with the technology that Disney has presented to us, it makes challenge. It makes it challenging. And we'd all talk about the good old days and let's go back to when it was simple and you got a paper fast pass or, you know, I just had a regular ticket in my hand to get into a theme park. I would imagine that the teens are more embracive of the technology and they're cool with it. Are you finding that? Are you finding that, um, and Elaine, I'll start with you. Are you finding that as the parent, you're kind of doing it all and keeping it all together? Or are you just like, they know more than I do? So I know that for me, myself, I'm very controlling um, when it comes to planning. So I didn't want anybody else to have my Disney experience. I wanted to put it all in there myself. I wanted to be in control of it. I wanted to be in control of um, when we were doing lightning lanes and, and making those decisions and that kind of thing. And sometimes I just didn't want them to see what our plans were. If I had some kind of surprise in there um, or something like that, I didn't want them to be able to see it. Well, then the oldest is like, well, I, I need to be able to do things. I need, so I, he got talked into it. So he downloaded my Disney experience and then the other one. And well, so now they all have it. So they all have my Disney experience. They can see everything. There's no surprises when it comes to that now. Um, but it does allow them to be more interactive. It does allow them to, if, you know, if they do decide to split up, um, and two of us go one way and two of us go another way, then they can make their own lightning lanes and do that. Um, it does allow them to have things to do in line because when you have the Play Disney Parks app that they can download on their phones, they can then interact with things when they're in queues. They can play games related to the ride they're on, that kind of thing, or they can just scroll their social media and talk to their friends back home. <laughs> Whatever. They... <laughs> <laughs> But it does also allow for me something that's very important to me is that, you know, it gives them some independence that if they are going off on their own, I can still track them because their phone has GPS on it. So I, while it has taken me a while to give up that control, um, it is for the better. So, yeah. And Lacey, I know you guys are going universal more. So there's a little bit less of that universal. But what about your kids as far as the tech goes and all of that? Or is that stuff they're using and embracing? Or are you still just doing it all and taking it from there? So, yes, they use it a lot. And it's actually very helpful because they're always looking at ride wait times. So they may say, you know, Hagrid's has gone down to 40 minutes. Let's jump in line or Pirates is down to 10 minutes. So they're constantly looking at ride wait times for us, which is very helpful. And then last time we were at Disney, we were doing the virtual line for Guardians and we were all four on there at the same time trying to make sure we got it. It was kind of like a game to see who could get it. So they were very helpful about it. And they look at it actually more than I do. It saves me from having to look at it constantly. All right, ladies, thank you very much for participating in our conversation. Uh, Once again, I always learn a lot from all of our agents, specifically you guys were great. Uh, If you're interested in using Elaine or Lacey for a upcoming Disney Universal, Disney Cruise Line, whatever, Adventures by Disney Vacation, please reach out to them directly. You'll see their email addresses 
on the screen under their names, or you can write to me, john at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. And again, thank you everybody at home for listening and watching. We hope you have a great week and we hope you have a great vacation.